Hi there, everyone. I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, as you well know, October 24th was World Polio Day. That's right, a whole bunch of Rotarians from all over the world put on their End Polio Now hats, their sparkly buttons and red t-shirts, and set out across the world to get us just a little bit closer to ending polio. But have you ever met anybody who's had polio? Have you ever talked to anybody who's actually put those two drops in people's mouths? Have you ever been in the room or on the airways with somebody who can tell you firsthand about both? Well, today you've got that opportunity. Leanne Hazee is joining me this week and we're talking polio and we're talking just how close we are to having it say goodbye forever. Join me, won't you? The conversation starts right now with Ann Lee. And as always, I am so glad you've joined us. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. It is so awesome to have you with you and uh, you with me. Let's get the direction right here. I have a new friend. And yes, I've been back on Facebook stalking people again. And uh, as I was going through the Facebook, I found Miss Ann Lee Hussey to uh, interview this time. And she comes recommended. So I'm, I'm going to leave that little tidbit in her ear because she has quite a few friends on Facebook, including our president-elect who thinks she's a pretty awesome person. She is the District 7780 Polio Plus Chair. And because uh, we are recording this in the month of October, just about, according to my paper calendar, a week or so away from uh <laughs> polio uh world polio day it made a whole lot of sense to have ann come on the show and tell us about polio and her rotary story hi ann lee welcome 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 hi gwen it's great to be with you there you go listeners (laughs) perfect and this is ann's uh, uh ann lee's uh first uh podcast so don't be nervous you're doing fine so far you've already said hello perfectly (laughs) <laughs> well it was nice to hear that people were recommending me so uh thank you i'm appreciative of the accolades now no, i'm just a little bit go. humbled here though <laughs> well, humble is good humble humble so i have we're gonna we're gonna do most of those questions like um like what most of my listeners expect and we're also going to talk a little bit about polio plus and world polio day because that is right around the corner but let's start with one that that everybody kind of knows and loves and you know that's your earliest recollection of rotary what is what is your rotary story how did you get into rotary well my husband was actually in rotary for many years before i joined and my recollection of rotary was that my husband got up early and went to have breakfast with the guys on thursday mornings that was my recollection of Rotary. And on so occasion, it really was a guy's club. It was the morning well, breakfast guy's club. I never attended the club, but on occasion uh, we did have, they had social events where the spouses were invited. So, you know, you got to meet them over dinner or something, but that wasn't all the time. So that was my, and, um, and then how well, I got I, into Rotary. I was going to say that, how did it change? Because that doesn't, that doesn't sound exactly appetizing to me either. So yeah, well, why, what made you want to join it then? It wasn't for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I mean, I'm, I've never been a joiner, to be honest. Uh, I dropped out at um, Brownies. <laughs> I never made it to Girl Scouts. <laughs> I said, no, I'm not wearing that uniform. <laughs> no, it's, just, it's not very fashionable. It's still to this day is not the most fashionable. So, yeah. So anyway, and his club, uh, it came time for him to be president. And so, you know, he accepted because he was such a good guy. And and he said, well, if I'm going to be president, I need to learn more about what Rotary is because my club doesn't seem to be too involved. And so would you attend with me some district events? And I said, sure, I'll do that. So it was a February. It was a um, what we could call here in my district, a world understanding and peace event. We hold okay. it every year. Um, and this particular year, there were several speakers, many of them women. And they talked about how they were going with Rotary on these trips and uh, helping children, changing the world through children. And I immediately, I turned right to my husband right there in the audience. I looked right at him. I said, you never told me Rotary does this. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. And so he said, I'm sorry, but I didn't know. He said, this has been enlightening for both of us. Well, let me, let me put it, let me stop you right there because I think that's a really interesting story because I think that that we have this stigma of being an old guys club and they sit around and have coffee early in your in your husband's case on Thursday mornings. And that was it. And that the whole idea that the president of that particular club had no idea that these things were going on. Is do you think yours was a one off or do you think that's just something that's happened over the years that Rotarians have no idea what Rotarians do? I think years back, they didn't pay attention to that. And then even if they learned about it, they were they were not good about sharing it with their members. I think that's more important. Um, you know, you can be a club president. You can go for all this training and listen to all these fantastic speakers. But if you don't bring any of that back to your members, then I think it's wasted education. You have to share it. Yeah. Well, and, and that's come up. That's come up on the podcast more than once that we don't brag enough. So, so you're at this, you were at this wonderful event and your husband and you were, and yourself were having a huge eye-opening experience, but you still were not a member, correct? Nope. It wasn't. So um, the particular speaker that moved me at the time was this woman. Um, you may have heard of Rotoplast, the program, Mm-hmm. where they send, you know, a, a team, medical and non-medical, to uh, correct cleft lips, cleft palates in children. Wow. And I was really moved by that and said I wanted to sign up. But I wasn't a Rotarian. So they were reluctant to let me go. But that same evening, at the end of the evening, yeah, that's true. And that's what that's the mistake we make. Um, it, at the end of the evening, I happened to learn of um, a trip. That was going to be an NID, you know, the National Immunization Day trip to right. India. And so I said, sure. Now, you have to remember, I'm a little girl from Maine. I haven't been to many places at the time. And um, my husband looked at me and says, you sure? And I said, why not? So that's what I did. I, I traveled to India and I was not a Rotarian. I was, I was just going to ask, if you are, so you still have not joined yet? No, I was not you a Rotarian. Definitely were not a joiner. Okay. And that was um, an eye-opening trip that we can talk about if you want later, uh, because, I mean, I I speak about it a lot in my speeches as well. But I came home just really like, wow, this is amazing. And then I was finally allowed to do one of those rotoplast trips the following April. Still not in Rotary. 
And I was fascinated by that. And I, I mean, I just loved the children and, and helping and the, the, the appreciation of the parents on both trips was just amazing to me. Um, so I was with a bunch of Rotarians on that trip that were from my district. And they all said, you've got to join Rotary. What are you doing? You just need to join Rotary. And how did they ask that? Did they ask it as, come on, you should join Rotary? Or was it more of a, hey, <laughs> you should no. you should join Rotary because you're not a Rotarian and you're doing all this Rotary stuff? I think with the mix of the two, they mix were excited. The two. Okay. They're like, you're, you're a perfect fit. You should join Rotary. You're, you know, you like to help people. Come on. You can do more things like this. Mm-hmm. So I came home, told my husband, and he sponsored me, and that's when I joined. April and when was 20, that? April two thousand two. So that wasn't you. So you're 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 getting you're you're getting on a on a couple decades here. So, and your husband is still in Rotary. So you guys didn't switch, right? Um, no, my husband passed away in November, but he was oh. he was in Rotary up until that time. Yes. Well, my condolences. I I. Yeah, well, he was a Rotarian to the end. He was. As they say. Well, awesome. So, uh, well, again, uh, I, I I often say that I'm I'm always very lucky that my foot is made out of chocolate because sometimes I do stick it in my mouth. So my apologies for uh, and my okay. condolences uh, for that Thanks. great Rotarian. But I, so it, it is. It, so you've kept it on and you've done these travels and. It sounds like because you are the polio plus chair that working outside of Maine is kind of been your MO as a Rotarian working away from Maine. Uh, Well, international service is really was my, was my passion when I joined Rotary. So you found that you found that niche, you found that reason to join and actually stay. Is yes. the international part? Of it was it. the international part, but you know I, I've done community service work with my clubs and have totally enjoyed that as well. So, um, but international was my my forte, and my husband liked community service, so we were a good mix. There you go. So then, what is that? So your your husband was the was the the main representative. You are the international representative. So what then? It leads me to one of my favorite questions because uh, I know this is an audio file, but it always gets a smile on the face of people when I ask it, and that is of those rotary experiences, of those international rotary experiences. Is there one that you can think of right now that still? brings a, a smile to your face and that's had this lasting impact on you uh, with all these international travels? Oh, yes. There's so many. Okay. There's so many. And I can, I call them my pinch me moments. Ah. Um, but yes, there are, there, there are several. Well, um, share with, share with us a, a, a pinch me moment. Um, well, a pinch me moment was that very first trip that okay. I would, I told you about what had such an impact on me when I went to India, because, you know, even though there were people here that had polio, we don't, we didn't see polio survivors. We don't see them now. And right. in India, they were everywhere. They were just crawling all over the place on their hands and knees. Uh, those who did have mobility devices, they were very crudely made, might have a long walking stick or something. Um, I was just, I was just shocked, to be honest. I was just really shocked. And it made me realize how fortunate I was, you know, to have been born here in the United States 
or in any developed country, as opposed to being over there in, in the slums of India, which is where I immunized. But um, they were everywhere on the streets. And on that trip, we visited a rehabilitation center. Mm-hmm. India is Indians are very talented. They're very skilled at at making prosthetic devices and and other useful items to help their polio survivors. And so we visited this one particular place and they paraded out this group of school children in front of us. And there was this one girl who really caught my eye. Um, And as you say, I can still see her smile, even thinking about it now, I can see her smile. Yeah, I know. I see a smile on your face. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she was beautiful and she slowly limped past me. And I looked down, I smiled back and I looked down at her legs that were showing beneath her skirt. And there was that same thin right leg, that Mm -hmm. same heavy metal brace that I used to wear. And it was like, boom, in an instant, I was nine years old again. And all the memories of having, being nine and going through what I was going through with polio just overwhelmed me, to be honest. So I guess that, that to, to stop you right there, I guess that kind of enlightens our audience that you yourself and Lee are a polio survivor. Correct. Okay. I am. Yes. And so, so yeah, that has to be a, it, I, I think that that puts you in a front seat kind of experience there. Wouldn't you say? That it's like, you know what they're feeling. We can all have empathy and compassion, but you are a kindred spirit when you went. Is that? Yes. Yeah. And I feel that in every trip that I've done since then. Um, And more and more. I remember one of my very first trips to Nigeria. uh, My friend was driving me down the road and, you know, you see polio survivors there too. And he was sitting on the side of the road on the curb. And I just, just because it's me, it's, I put my hand out and waved to him. Yeah. And, you know, and he waved back. We were, we were going slow, so I was able to say hello, and I waved. And my friend said to me, you're so good. You you recognize them. You you let them know that they're seen, that they are people. Mm-hmm. I said, well, because they are, <laughs> you know? Right. Well, and let's talk about this thing uh, that they are seen. Um, I know that also why we're talking to you i know that it is it is polio uh plus awareness you know day coming up here but we also have been in the middle of covid for the last pushing year and a half two years and nobody's really seen it you know i i have i have been touched by it but we haven't seen any bodies we haven't seen anybody sick in the streets we don't know when it comes to polio i couldn't tell you what somebody with polio looks like. Is that kind of a sterilization that we in the United States have that has maybe been to our detriment for compassion for, I mean, you, you know what somebody with polio looks like. My, my father was a minister. So I remember a gentleman in his congregation, um, he had special shoes. So, uh, and one was bigger than the other. And he walked kind of with a hut hunch. And my mother said, well, he had polio when he was a kid. Outside of that, I couldn't tell you anybody who I have not seen anybody with any of these things. Does that make us less compassionate or less aware? Uh, yes. Just to put it bluntly, I believe it does. 
And I think that that sometimes is our, our problem is out of sight, out of mind too, because they can't relate to a disease that they don't see anymore. Now, early on in Rotary, people joined because we were eradicating polio because they understood it. They had lived through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now as people start to join Rotary now, they, they don't know. You know, the 30-year-olds and even some of the 40-year-olds don't really know what polio is. And so it's, it's a big educational piece that we have to put together. If we want to continue uh, fundraising until the end, and I really feel we're almost at the end, um, but we've got to stay the course. And so I think, yes, it's hard to empathize. I think that's where I have not just compassionate, but I think I have more empathy for these individuals than others may have. Well, because you, because like we said, you've, you've, lived you've it. lived it. Yeah. You've lived it. So I guess in some ways uh, it, it would be nice if, we had more people out there seeing uh, maybe not necessarily the polio side of things, but just the humanitarian side of things. I mean, and that's what the international work is really for to see that there, but for the grace or there, but for the economic situation, you know, we're, we're kind of spoiled here in North America. I guess it's pretty kind of safe to say, I should say in the United States. We are, and we are, and you know, and I've done a, I've done a tremendous amount of speaking around the world, and um, I prefer to show pictures to do a PowerPoint, but it's not always conducive to the situation. But especially like if I'm speaking to a Rotaract club or to a community group, showing photos really brings it home to what I'm talking about. And do you use your your poll? I mean, we're talking on a on a Zoom call. So, and, and, you know, this is too personal. You can let me know, but is there a way as you're walking up on a stage for somebody to be aware that perhaps you had some type of issue? Do you walk with a limp? Okay. All right. Yeah. I have a marked limp and I, um, you know, nobody's seen me for two years, but I will say that having been uh, the last two years, I'm seeing even more weakness in my right leg. So they'll notice a more difference. A greater difference when they do see me. Okay. And so that, that legitimizes you, I guess you could say, doesn't it? I mean, does that kind of like, I mean, I know we've talked about the compassion side, but if you are talking about that, you're the polio plus chair, it's almost like you're a walking definition of why we don't want this to come back. Is that a safe way to say it? You could say that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and, and polio survivors all appear differently. We all have a different, I don't think any of us are the same um, in the ways that it's affected, similar, but not the same. So then how do you, so, and I thank you for sharing that. So let's, let's then go for the happier side of what you do with polio. And that is where are we at here on, I think I'm talking to you in the month of October, you know, 2021. How close are we? Are we really the little inch sign that we had all those celebrities say that we're this close? I think How you close need to get close. I think it's that little quarter of an inch. <laughs> okay. Uh, we can really put the fingers closer together. Yes. And they just had the report came out today from WHO. And we continue to only have two cases this, this calendar year, one in Afghanistan and one in Pakistan. Um, and in addition to that, we've had lots of negative surveillance um results 
usually we're always having positive surveillance results and we're seeing more and more negative ones. So tell us what exactly, tell us what that is, a positive or a negative surveillance result. What does that mean to the layman terms? Well, part of our polio program is that we developed a surveillance network and they go around all around the world and check uh, sewerage, waterways, and they do samples and they send them to the lab, same lab that we send our um, polio, you know, we take it from a, a polio, suspected polio person, and they test it to see if the virus is present. And they can oh. tell that it is. They can tell that it's either the wild or it's vaccine derived. Okay. And that's that word that was, you, you've teased into the next question because <laughs> some of this paperwork that we have gotten in has said that there has only been, quote, two wild cases of polio. What's the difference? What is wild compared to domestic or what is, what is, you know, what, and, and, and I thank you for giving us this education because like we were just talking about a few minutes ago, that was kind of the tough conversation. The happy conversation is I don't think this type of information gets to Rotarians as well. What is wild polio? Wild polio is the polio virus in its original form. You know, at one time, wild polio virus was rampant. It, it circulated here in the North America as well. Right. So that is, so when we say two cases and we're down to just two endemic countries, what we mean is that endemic is that they have never interrupted transmission of the wild polio virus. Never. Oh, okay. And that's why, you know, the eradication, the certification of Af- the continent of Africa is huge in our lifetime. That's huge news. That's that's dramatic progress. Yeah. And I think I think people need to remember that, you know, Africa is a continent, right? Not a country. And And so we're talking about the (laughs) continent that has quite a few countries in it. Uh, Yeah. yeah. So so then it's been stopped. And so the only other two places that it is has never, ever stopped is in Afghanistan. And excuse me, what's the other one? Pakistan. Pakistan. So it has been there from the beginning. It is still there now. And those are the last two countries. Is that, is, am, I, am I understanding that correctly? Is That's that correct. Way to say no. it? Now you asked about the other virus. Right. Because there's still polio in other places. Yes. In several okay. of the African countries in particular. Um, we even just had some cases reported in Ukraine. So it's, it is a vaccine derived, which means... Um, the simplest way to put this, we use an oral vaccine. Right. So for it to be effective, it replicates in the body and it does its job and then it gets excreted in the feces. And um, on occasion, once that goes through the body and goes through the body again another time, it will, it will mutate. And okay. it becomes a virus that can infect people. Now, keep in mind... It will only infect children who have never been vaccinated. So if you are live in a country where the polio vaccination, polio immunization is at a, a high rate of immunity, it won't happen. We only okay. see these in countries where the immunity levels are low. Gotcha. So much like in the United States, how, you know, it, it may actually 
help people listening to these podcasts that are living in a, in a time of COVID, it's almost the same type of basis. We have these vaccines as something mutates into Delta or Hun or some of these others. If you have this basic vaccine, these others may not or will not hurt you in their variants. Is that kind of like what we're talking about here? Okay. That's how I would equate it. That okay. everybody was vaccinated. We wouldn't see these variants coming. And so out. now that we have countries where children especially are vaccinated, then what we're finding is polio cases on children that are not vaccinated. Is that safe to say? Right. They may be children that were missed. Um, on occasion, you give the vaccine to a child who's maybe sick, ill, or their immune system is not responsive so that the vaccine doesn't take hold. Um, and I guess that's something we don't think about. I mean, there is, there is as much as we are living in the world where the, where vaccine is something that we just hear about in the news every day, sometimes they just don't work. Is that, I mean, it's very, very rare. Let me say that it's very, very rare, but there are some kids that just can't have this vaccine. Is that? Yeah. So I wouldn't say it didn't work, but there are. Thank you. There are children um, who have immune uh, compromise kind compromise. of Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. It's okay. A, a compromised immune system that just, it's too dangerous for them to have it. But overseas, when I say that we're giving it to children, I mean, we're going door to door. We're just putting drops in mouth. You run across uh, children that are malnourished. Mm. Um, you know, they may have a, a cold, whatever they might have. Um, definitely probably have chronic diarrhea because of their living situations. And so all of those come into play when that vaccine is given to them and how effective it becomes. Oh, okay. And that is the reason why we repeat. That's why there are NIDs. Like there's always at least two, mm -hmm. four weeks apart. And then like in India and sometimes in Nigeria, we would do them six times a year, 10 times a year. Mm -hmm. um, trying to reach all of those children, including the newborns. So this is incredibly passionate work. It's, it's something that as a Rotarian, I'm incredibly proud of. And I wear my polio plus hat and my button, especially in the month of October. Um, and I know you say it's super, super close, but here's the question. And I, and I don't know if you're even in a, in a position that you can answer it is that, is that if it was just as easy as, tiptoeing through these countries and giving kids vaccines, then I believe it. I believe this is, this could just be wiped out and we're, we're really, really close, but how does Rotary deal with the socioeconomic governmental war destruction kind of stuff that, Oh, by the way, we're trying to get vaccinations at the same time. I mean, Am I the pessimist in the group here? Is it possible because we as humans can't seem to get along with each other that this could be a casualty? Um, no, I'm going to really? say no. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> and the reason I say that, let's be a little more optimistic. Yes, Stop please. Think of the success okay. we've had in 30 years. Look how far we've come. Okay. Look at how many areas of the world are now polio free. It's tremendous. It's a very small group of the world that's not certified right now. And all through our 30 plus years, we've had to deal with, um, you know, monsoons and droughts and and people in conflict. And um, 
you know, hard to get at areas. Uh, I mean, let's take Afghanistan for an example. I mean, those that mountainous region, you don't just go over there. It's not very door-to-door kind of place. It (laughs) is not. No. And so you really depend on the local people to be your staff and be able to reach those in culturally different areas than from, say, sending me. Right. And that's what's really important is that they have to be. They, they immunize their own. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's important to remember. And somebody has to play the curmudgeon on the, on the podcast, because I do get, I do get emails and, you know, one, you know, one of the emails, rotarianpod at gmail.com, whoever wants to send me curmudgeon hate emails, that's fine. Um, I do like to be the devil's advocate because I do get emails saying, well, you know, that Rotary Foundation and Polio Plus, we spend so much money on that. There's so many other things that we could do. Um, I guess my answer to that for you, and maybe you'll agree, is if we're that smidgen close, maybe if we can, maybe if we do just do that extra push, get this done, then we can take the foundation and do other things with it. Is that kind of a, a fun way to look at it? It's like, let's one way this of up and move it. on. <laughs> well, and, and I'm going to say, you know, so uh, we have the easy part here. So we can write a check. And help to make it happen. That is true. People who are living in these other countries trying to keep polio at bay work every day. I mean, they're working hard physically to be out there and doing this. And so I say, good for us that we don't have to deal that, but we need to help them. So let's write a check today and make it count. And I think that's the important thing we have to remember. And I also think that, um, again, I think we need to focus more on how far we've come. And so it took us a long time, but remember we had three strains of polio. That's, that's a whole lot different than say smallpox. Yeah. I think people forget um, that. People do forget that. Yeah. And, and, you know, they forget the hardships, the, the challenging aspect of trying to deliver vaccines to these countries. It sounds easy. um, But just the, just the geographical limitations add to the, add to the mix. Yeah. It sounds like we just put on our hats and our vests and we hop on our airplanes and dun, 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 dun. we just give drops to a whole bunch of yeah. kids and we paint their fingernails purple and away we go. Does that sound about it? Yes. <laughs> but remember the Rotarians in these countries are doing it all the time. So. Uh, exactly. Well, and I have to, and, and, and on that side note, before I get to do one of our most loved questions, but I did mention really quick there, the purple pinky, purple yeah. pinkies. Yes. I noticed you have a purple pinky on. I, I am off to get my purple pinky today. Explain to everybody out there who doesn't know what purple pinkies are. Why do people, why do Rotarians paint their nails purple? It's uh, not a rotary color. <laughs> well, I don't know. Sometimes my team shirts are purple because it there is, you, go. you know, it's become sort of a rotary color in some ways. Um, I think here in North America, we do it to remind people of what Rotary is doing, to remind people that we are, we do have this campaign and we're fundraising and to bring awareness. This is a really good fundraiser for say children in the schools, uh, again, building awareness. Um, but overseas it's used when we vaccinate children, we mark their finger because these campaigns last a week. So you, you do so many in one day and then you have to go back through and visit to make sure you didn't miss a child. So you're always checking little pinkies as you're walking down the street. So, so if you see, so, oh, so that must actually really feel good though, as you're walking down the street and you see so many of these kids with it does purple pinkies. 
means it does. job well done. It's right. So uh, I, I challenge my listeners, go go paint your, your pinky. And it is the left pinky, if I am correct. Correct. Right? Very so good. The left yeah. pinky. Everybody paint your left pinky. So we're now going to get to the the part that everybody kind of expects. Um, and that's about the four-way test. It is our guiding principles as Rotarians. And you were the reluctant Rotarian. And now that you're in it for good now, you know, you haven't quit. You didn't make it through brownies, but you're doing, you're doing really good here in Rotary. Uh, that is our motto. What does the four-way test mean to you? And do you, do you use it in your life? Yes. I think it's, um, it's, I try to follow it every day and I do that subconsciously. And I think it all comes down to, I want to treat others the way I would like them to treat me. So you don't have it on your wall. It's like you get up as your mantra every morning kind of thing. Uh, no, it's not in my house. I do have it on a calendar, but it's not right here handy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did have it at work. Um, but uh, I think that's the mantra, you know. Um, that it's just kind of ingrained now? Yeah, I mean. You wouldn't necessarily have to read it every day. It's just kind yeah. of a feeling now. Yeah, it's a feeling. So then that leads us to the other one, which is service above self. How does that one fit in your life? Without question. I think that's what I do. I think that's um, what I have become. If, if Rotary has taught me how to serve, how to be a better volunteer. And uh, in the long run, it's made me a better person. Nice. So... What is when you when you travel so internationally, especially on these on these uh, missions? I don't know. I that, that that to me that has a religious connotation. So I would just say these. What do you call them? These vaccination projects. Yeah. What is the? How do you how do you think the rest of the world? What's the impression of Rotary to the rest of the world? Um, how do they see us? Outside of North America, Rotary is revered. Hmm. And that's what I tell people, you know, my, when I say to my club members, you know, you should really wear pins. Well, I don't want to wear that. And, you know, you should really talk about Rotary with other people. Well, you know, it's not easy to do. And, um, and we're always trying to get members. And so why is it so difficult to get members to join? Overseas, being a part of a Rotary club, is huge. It's an honor. And it is their way of being able to give back in their own communities, which it should be everywhere. But I'm just going to say that when you, when I walk into a community and I'm there to do my immunization or whatever, they see the Rotary logo and they know who you are and that you're there to help them. Um, can I just tell a short story that explains Please. even better Please. to me? Please. Uh, I was in Nigeria. And uh, my team and I had an appointment to go visit the governor of the state. We were working in the state of Kaduna. And uh, we'd done that. I've done that before. And so I wanted to take my team. It's a real honor. Two days before we were supposed to go, he died in a helicopter crash. Mm. So I, you know, I told my team, I said, I fully expect this, you know, and we're just not going to, it's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden my friend came and said, his wife wants you to keep your appointment. Wow. Yeah. It was the most 
solemn visit I ever had. We walked into that room. She was sitting on the floor with a friend or a family member. And I sat down with her and um, gave my condolences and all of my you know, team were around and did the same. Um, and I had met him, so I did know him. And I, I just, I just started to cry. And we sat there and cried together. Mm. And the reason that she wanted to see us is because we were Rotary. That was the reason why she allowed us to come two days after losing her husband. She said, no, they must come. They are Rotary and they're here to help us. Wow. Yeah, I'll so, never forget that. I'll never forget that. I would, yeah, I would say so. So it, then what's going on in America? I mean, and, and, and one thing that I've been very honored in on this podcast is that I've had so many interviews, not in this country. I've spoken to several different countries on the continent of Africa. I've talked to India. I've talked to New Zealand. I've talked to Fiji and, and, you know, in the in the British Virgin Islands and all the way all, all over the place doing these interviews. And I will admit when I talk to people in other places, they wear their pins wholeheartedly, like with enthusiasm. And, you know, the Rotary is based here in the United States and somehow we have a hiccup. What do you think our hiccup is that, oh, I don't want to wear my shirt or I don't want to wear a pin or what's our problem? <laughs> I guess it's, you know, what's our problem? Because we're not breaking the code of, you know, your husband's group. That's a bunch of old, uh, white guys that go and have coffee at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, I don't know if I guess if I had the answer to that, we wouldn't have a problem in the United States. Um I think now, this, first I want to clarify all of that. I know some excellent Rotarians. I know I know members of my own district who are still in Rotary. They're still enthusiastic about what they're doing, but our numbers have dwindled. And I will and I'll interrupt you by saying, "Amen, sister." I have I, you know I'm the president of my Rotary Club of Woodby West Side, and I am I am a geeky proud Rotarian. Absolutely, okay. absolutely, and, and that's awesome. And yeah. but there needs to be. Three times the number of us. And that's where I think we have failed in our ability to translate to others what Rotary can offer them. Now, I had I had a conversation with a gentleman named Evan Burrell. And Evan Burrell is mm-hmm. he's from Australia and he's probably best known for his Rotary suit. And he had he and another gentleman named Aaron Sims literally go to work in these rotary suits and they're known for them and they're crazy. And both of them, especially Aaron, have had people going, that's not respectful. Really? That's not that, you know, I, I hear that you like rotary, but that that's a bit excessive. How do we get rid of that? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, so not everyone's going to wear a rotary suit. So if these couple of individuals want to do it, more power to them. Um, <laughs> I, it, it doesn't go with my coloring, but yes, <laughs> it's not I mean, my, I, just, <laughs> I am in yellow for today's interview, but yeah. I'm going back to the brownie thing. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, no, but I do I'm happy to wear, wear a shirt. my pin. Yeah. I'm happy, <laughs> I'm happy to wear my pin. Um, uh, I don't know. 
I wish I had the answer. I think we all wish we had the answer to, to that, but I think well, we I won't hold be, you to it. <laughs> we need to be prouder and louder. There you go. We need to be prouder and louder. Well, I just have one more question for you. And I thank you. This is probably one of our more deeper, deeper podcasts that we've had. And I thank you for taking it on, especially during polio. Um, but we do have one more question that I actually really love. And uh, it bounces off of what we've just been talking about. And that's the elevator pitch question. And that is, I'm on an elevator with you and I noticed the rotary pin because you actually did wear it. <laughs> you were and you're proud to talk about rotary. And I said, you know, Rotary, why would I want to join Rotary? What would you say to somebody like that? You want to change your life? You want to change your life? Yeah. Join Rotary. You want to change your life? Join Rotary. Well, um, please. It just, um, and I would tell them that it made me um, a better human being. Um, Actually, I used to be really shy. So look what it's done for me. Seriously. <laughs> well, there you go. So, you know, um, I think that's the big thing is, um, is that, you know, and some people are volunteers and not in Rotary and they get it. But when you volunteer with Rotary, you get so much more than you give. I mean, I know that sounds, everybody says that, but I'm just telling you, it's, it's just, I walk, come home feeling so good. And, and I'm not saying that, that I'm, I'm, I'm special. I'm just saying, okay, today was meaningful for me, you know, and I, and I had a lot of smiles. Um, I had a lot of thank yous. And so I feel good that I was able to provide that today, hmm. you know, and, and just as something as simple, and this is not a rotary based thing, but I volunteered at my, local hospitals, um, COVID clinic, and I wore my rotary pin. And a lot of people did comment. And it was the same, I felt the same way, whether that was a rotary sponsored event or not, that I was helping them and they were smiling and they were glad to be there. And so I was happy to be a part of that. Mm. Amen, sister. All right, well, you know what? Ann Lee, thank you for letting me stalk you on Facebook and hunt you down <laughs> and, and have you share your incredibly personal uh, story for us during World Polio Day month uh, in October. Keep up the good work. Are you going to be, are you, are you leaving beautiful Maine in the near future now that COVID restrictions are kind of loosening up a little bit? Do you have a, a vaccination trip on the, on the books at all? Not yet. I'm, Not yet. I'm waiting possibly next fall. All right. Right now I'm right now I'm just going to stay low, um, let everything work its way out and stay safe in my district and um, just stay safe. Sounds and can I just say uh, to all your listeners, you know, if you haven't made a contribution to Polio Plus yet this year, please do so today. And just because you gave last year or 5 years ago, that money's been spent. So now we need you to keep on going. And that's actually a good thought. The money's been spent. It's been out doing it. It's done. It's good. Now it's time to recycle some more in there. Right. Right. Because unlike people give for um, the annual giving, polio money is spent. It doesn't sit in the bank account. It gets spent and it gets not just spent. It gets put to active use in the field. And so we're making a difference every day with your polio contributions. 
All right. Okay. Polio Plus, it's an easy link when you go to uh, when you go to uh, the, your My Rotary page. It's literally just a click away and you can give. And Lee, thank you so much for taking a little time out of your day to join me. I so appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for asking me. You've been, uh, I've really enjoyed talking with you. Yay, that's the plan. (laughs) (laughs) Good. And Lee, it was a real honor to talk to you. And I'll admit it, you guys, this isn't one of my usual podcasts. This one got heavy. This one got serious. And this one got really real about polio. Polio is not done yet, but we are very, very close. And in my lifetime, I want it gone. And according to Ann Lee, we are super, super close. And at the day that I am recording this, some interesting news just came over the wire. The Taliban, the Taliban has said that it is okay for the World Health Organization and Rotary to go door to door and put those drops in people's mouths. So see, even polio is more important than international dispute. Hmm, interesting thought, isn't it? And Lee, thank you so much for joining me and thank you for joining me out there. If you like the podcast, do tell a friend, have them download it and hey, leave a review. I like your opinion. I really do. And if you'd like to hear the more musical side of me, you know where to find me every Wednesday night on Rotary Radio UK. Check it out, won't you? And uh, if you have somebody I should know about, rotarianpod at gmail.com that's all the business so until next week take care of yourself and the world around you and i will hear you next time on the i'm a rotarian podcast have a wonderful week everybody bye-bye